This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. What if comparing car insurance rates was as easy as putting on your favorite podcast? With Progressive, it is. Just visit the Progressive website to quote with all the coverages you want. You'll see Progressive's direct rate, then their tool will provide options from other companies so you can compare. All you need to do is choose the rate and coverage you like. Quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Comparison rates not available in all states or situations. Prices vary based on how you buy. I'm Tanya Mosley. In 1987, my sister Anita vanished without a trace. Decades later, thanks to DNA, we found her. But that's only the beginning of the story. She Has a Name is a new audio documentary that explores the search for redemption, confronting trauma, and healing in the face of unimaginable loss. Subscribe now to Truth Be Told Presents She Has a Name, where every revelation brings us closer to the truth. Hi everyone and welcome to Women Who Travel, a podcast from Condé Nast Traveller. I'm Lale Ari Koglu, and with me, as always, is my co-host Meredith Carey. Hello. This week, we're talking to two women whose travels we followed for quite some time. Body image advocates, they've been working to make travel more accessible and inclusive of women of all shapes and sizes. You've heard of one of them before, Laura Delarato, sex and wellness writer and women who travel columnist, on an episode about slowing down when we travel. And joining us for the first time and calling in from Bangkok is Annette Richmond, creator of the Fat Girls Traveling Instagram. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for having Thank us. Thank you for having us. Laura, you came in in very cold weather of New York. <laughs> yes. Very early in the morning. Thank you. Annette, I'd say thank you, but you're calling in from like 90 degree weather in Bangkok. So. At night. It's just delightful. <laughs> I'm so jealous. Yeah, it doesn't suck. It's evening here. So. <laughs> but I'd love to kick off by asking you both because from what I gather, you have crossed paths on the internet before. And I'd love to know how you kind of came across each other's work and sort of the body positivity in travel community in general. Oh, I would say that a lot of plus size women who are visible on the internet have some version of crossover to the point where like I... I can know people, like I'm friends with people who are in LA that I've never met before. And it's just because we both share this common bond that like most companies don't make our size, that they don't like allow for us to take up space in certain areas. So we just sort of like find each other through the internet. And whether that's like a search or a hashtag that we all just sort of come upon each other, like that becomes part of my community. And then we all support each other in our own ways. Like even if it's digitally, it's like the best kind of community. I would say I would definitely agree. I feel like there is this huge sense of community online, especially for like marginalized communities. So for like the fat community, I've met a ton of different fat activists and would agree that like we find and create and like cultivate our friendships online and maybe never even meet in real life. They might be in a whole different country or a different state. And I think that it's kind of the same for like a lot of marginalized communities with technology. It's so easy to kind of like find the community that you feel more comfortable with, whether that be, you know, you have a disability and you're traveling or you're a Muslim person and you're traveling and it's easy. Like, like you said, to find certain hashtags that you can like find friendships and cultivate relationships with people that see the world similarly or have to face similar challenges. 
And Annette, you created the Fat Girls Traveling Instagram in 2017. You know, what was the impetus for creating this community that is now tens of thousands of people strong? In the beginning, I didn't really see a ton of, you know, visibility for plus size and fat travelers. I was following a ton of different, you know, female solo travel Instagrams or like black travel Instagrams and all these different communities uh, for travelers. But I didn't really see any of those platforms featuring plus size people. And I didn't see a platform dedicated for plus size people when I did see platforms dedicated for other marginalized people. And so I kind of felt like that was my inspiration to create a space that only focused on fat female travelers because that's what I am and kind of give information about traveling and give tips and have people be able to like do a takeover and take you with them, but also show like a more stylized, more kind of like glamorous side of travel and I wanted it to be something that was a little like fashion forward but definitely like had an editorial edge. Yeah I think there's like two really big things that Annette just hit on and it's that plus size fill in the blank especially travel like often is not seen in this glamorous way. It often is like not seen at all. And like, thank goodness for like beautiful Instagram accounts like this one and like having a net in the world, like there can actually be this like editorial lens and show something um, in a really beautiful light, when, which has actually not had a lot of light on it. And then like, what's also really interesting about plus size fat bodied people. And like, I feel like I don't want to speak for all of us, but I'm going to right now (laughs) is that we are like hardcore, the most researched people on the planet, like, or like we research like every single thing we do. And that's because like, even if you go into a gym class or if you go into a restaurant, I have to make sure that the seats are going to be available for me or like other people who have like my body's not going to be um, called out in the middle of class for not being like a good body. And like those things are so real that it like affects my day to day all the time. Like it's not just clothes. It's like, will I be able to like go on this trip? And hypothetically, if it rains, will I be able to find a jacket? Like it has to like every little thing has to be plan. So everything about this is so beautiful because it allows for fat women to like, and like plus size bodies. And I use those interchangeably. So everyone can feel that their identity is being heard to like, know that there is someone out there that's being like, Hey, I've done this, or I'm doing this. It's really beautiful. You should try. And here's why. You've written for Traveler and Women Who Travel about your specific packing strategy. Oh, yeah. Um, How (laughs) important is that to you when you travel and what goes into your thought process? I'm always very aware of, like, not just, like, the weather of the location in which I'm going to be, but, like, the possible activities that might happen. So if I'm going to a place and I know that I'm going to be X amount of distance from a clothing line that I can shop from. I have to be aware that like now I'm bringing a jacket, I'm bringing um, a bathing suit, I'm bringing things that like might not normally come together in this um, this package of going to like Iceland or going somewhere else. It's just like you're basically packing for the unexpected because the options are not usually there for you when you get to your destination. And sure, like there are times where you can overnight things, but then like there's like that extra cost of having something shipped to you. Like there's there's other costs to like having a fat body in space and in, in, in literal space, but like in, in like the space that we are. Plus size clothing 
is often $15 more than straight size clothing. There's a cost to that. Um, plus size women make less money than straight size women because of size bias. There's a cost to that. So it's like all feeding into this like negative cycle that like you actually shouldn't belong here. It's crazy. I think about this all day. <laughs> and kind of to that point, I mean, so much about when we talk about travel is about taking yourself out of your comfort zone and acting spontaneously. But when the world is sort of stopping you from having the freedom to do that, how do you kind of... And this is a question to both of you but with your platforms. How do you kind of reframe that conversation to still kind of speak to that unexpectedness that comes with travel, but be like, OK, all right, how do we how do we strategize for this and let ourselves feel free at the same time? Well, I might say for me, it's a little different because I've been uh, traveling full time. I'm a digital nomad. And so I've been on the road for um, three years now. And I do come back to the States and I'll be in the States for like a couple months. And I'll usually like stack up on the things that I'll need when I'm on the road. But, you know, depending on how long I can stay in a place and the visas there, um, I'll probably plan my next place based on what I have packed. So it definitely takes a ton of planning um, and just kind of figuring out what you want to do. And then if you can't find the things that you need in a different place, some places it might be easier to get some things custom made. Like right now I'm here in Thailand and it is affordable and easy to get things custom made. Or if you were in Vietnam, um, I was just in India a few months ago and got some things custom made. Gosh. Yeah. I just want to be a digital nomad like you. <laughs> I was like, that sounds like, so cool. Like <laughs> I was like, oh, that's so cool. Yeah, just, <laughs> Everything just, you just said, I was like, yeah, yeah. Okay. When <laughs> you were talking about heavily researching trips and travel and, and lots of other parts of your life, you know, Annette, you now have trips. Why did you feel the need to take what you were doing with Fat Girls Traveling a step further and create these female-only fat-focused trips where all the travelers are above a size 14? It was important for me to create some fat focused trips because through the Facebook community and through my own experience, I've learned that the biggest thing that keeps us from trying new things and especially, you know, taking that trip and buying that ticket is fear, fear of the unknown. And a lot of like the major question that we'll get all over the Facebook group is like, how fat friendly is this city or how fat friendly is that country? And so people, want to be in a place where they feel safe and they feel like, you know, they're going on holiday. They want to be accommodated. They want to be treated like any other traveler that is going to go make like memories of a lifetime. And then also there's also like, there's different levels of accessibility. So, like I just did a trip to Bali and it was kind of difficult to find the like waterfalls that didn't have as many stairs. Like generally most of the waterfalls to get down to them, you're do you're going down at least like 200 or 300 stairs just to go down. And then you have to come back up those 200, 300 stairs. There's waterfalls with more, there's a one or two waterfalls with less, but depending on what you want to do and what you want to see in a specific place. Um, if you're not going with someone who's already been there, it could be a situation of like safety. You know what I mean? Of you wanting to go and check out this waterfall, maybe not even knowing how many stairs there are. And then you twist an ankle or you hurt your knee or something like this. So it's really important for me to not only have a community like Fat Girls Traveling's Facebook community where people can ask questions, but also to create trips that focus on 
you know, having it be comfortable for people of size and making it feel like even if something happens, because I can't control the way other people react to us, like it's still a safe space for us to talk about it and to be like, that sucked, that person shouldn't have treated you that way or stand up for each other and advocate for each other when someone is put on the spot and disrespected by another person because of their size. And all of those things did have to happen during my trip, uh, my Bali body love tr uh, retreat in, in Bali just a, a couple months ago. All those things had to happen. We all had to advocate for each other, support each other, but we also had a great time and were able to find some like fat, you know, friendly Bali swings. Because like the first time I went to Bali, I wanted to get that like iconic picture on the Bali swing, but the harness wouldn't fit over my waist. And so I went with a couple friends they were all straight sides. They were all able to do the swing. And I just kind of sat there and cried. I was like pretty bummed out and embarrassed, but like not because of my body, because I went through this whole thing and plant got all my friends excited. They didn't even want to do it. And then I get there and I'm like the only person that's not able to do it. And so it was really exciting to like do the research and find a swing that does accommodate up to 400 pounds and, you know, a place that was going to be accepting and accommodating of us. And so it's difficult and it's exciting, but I feel like people sometimes need support and they need someone to like tell them you can do it. And especially if you live your life in a bigger body, certain things can be too scary to even try without having someone there to encourage you or to show you that you can do it. Oof. I just feel all that. I feel it. <laughs> thank you thank yeah, you yeah so that's why i'm creating these trips is because like people need them you know and um laura last time you were on the podcast you kind of spoke a little bit about how travel kind of came to you kind of later on in your 20s and it's kind of been sort of a relatively like new joy to have discovered and you know you write a lot about how travel has been this like amazing tool to kind of learn new things about yourself when did you start realize that the things that you learn on those trips you can transfer to the way you live your life back home you're right like I spent I spent a really long time thinking that travel wasn't for me for like a lot of different reasons and then when I found it I realized that the person I always wanted to be always like came back with me in every trip. So whether I like went to Paris and like I always thought that like I wasn't going to be for Paris. Like I always thought like my body, I was thinking about this last night. It's so weird I'm talking about it. But like I always thought that like Paris wasn't for girls like me. And when I say that, I, I mean like fat girls. Like I because I always had this like assumption that Paris was like petite and small which it is and like every coffee shop is a has small chairs and like everything is tiny and that's awesome but like when I went to Paris I was told multiple times that I was like gorgeous like by random people I was like all right <laughs> you're like I like this oh, place oh look at Paris <laughs> oh I see you Paris um every place was like like my first uh vintage leather jacket came from Paris like I have a tattoo on my arm from Paris that like the tattoo artist does not adjust his tattoos in any way but like made it specially for me to be like a plus size woman like everything like lived in this in this world that I thought that like I wasn't allowed to be in and then when I got back I was like no I I'm allowed to be here like in this existence with this body and be like happy about it and that's like that's something I love and then when I go to like I just um in what was it in like October 
October, November, I went to uh, Punta Cana, Dominican Republic, and I was like, I, like even going there, I was like, oh my god, this might not be a space for me because everyone's in a bikini at all times and like everyone's like super hot. But like, I went there taking all that like information I had like gathered from my trip to Paris and London and Texas and every place that I learned something new about myself. And I went to this beautiful place and I was like, I'm gonna wear a bikini and like no part of this feels weird to me. So it's almost like as you go, you're exposing yourself to like new parts of your of yourself that you've always wanted to become and then you finally get there. It's super fun. And I guess it speaks to that thing that when you're traveling, you kind of get to be the best version of yourself and it the it, best version. And it's sort of <laughs> crazy that then when you get home, you have to revert back to something else. I know. Like as if that person goes away after like the time you're there. Well, and Annette, you are obviously traveling full time now, but what was your relationship with travel like when you were younger and what made you make the jump to doing full-time travel digital nomad life when i was younger travel wasn't really a thing because it was something that we couldn't really afford i grew up in a single parent household and my mom you know held down multiple jobs and it had always been something that like i was going to be able to do when i got older or when i had more money or when this when this when that um and i kind of stumbled into doing it more full-time because I just found more resources. I found that there, you know, was a company that I could work with and go on like tours. You know what I mean? Like in the States, Kentucky isn't a huge thing, but like abroad Kentucky tours are massive and people will take them to go and see like 10 different countries. That's what I did for my first trip to Europe. It was like 14 days, 10 different countries, like crazy but then I also booked through another agency, which was kind of like you paid a deposit and then you could make installments up until like a week before your trip. And so from there, I kind of realized that there were more ways to make travel accessible. But before I started this, I didn't know about that. But now that I am traveling full time, I see so many people doing like woofing or work away or different you know, different ways that they can work in exchange for accommodation and exchange for food as well, which makes travel completely attainable and makes it really affordable. Did you guys hear about that couple that went on vacation and one spouse murdered the other? In fact, the entire vacation was planned just so that they could make the murder look like an accident. Ah, so like a slaycation. Oh boy, sounds like a fun new true crime podcast to me. On every episode of Slaycation, we'll examine true cases of people who were killed while on vacation. Was it murder? <coughs> or just a horrible accident? <coughs> That's up to you and the law to decide. But either way, if you leave for your vacation in the plane and come home under the plane... You've definitely gone on a slaycation. Join us every week for a fascinating new episode. 911, what's your emergency? But make sure to pack your body bags, because getting away can be murder. This is Slaycation. I'm Tanya Mosley. In 1987, my sister Anita vanished without a trace. Decades later, thanks to DNA, we found her. 
but that's only the beginning of the story. She Has a Name is a new audio documentary that explores the search for redemption, confronting trauma, and healing in the face of unimaginable loss. Subscribe now to Truth Be Told Presents She Has a Name, where every revelation brings us closer to the truth. And Laura, as you began to travel more, and we touched on this a little bit, but how did you start to notice your relationship with your body changing the more you were kind of out in the world? Oh, I I say like every single time I would come back, I would just like, I feel like I, and this is going to sound so cheesy, but I feel like I was just like a little bit more in love with myself. And that's like, I know that also sounds like conceited or narcissistic, but like, I feel like there needs to be a little bit more of that in the world that we just like need to love ourselves just a little bit more because it like totally touches upon every single part of our life. And for me, like, Every time I went somewhere, especially by myself, I was like, oh, I did that. It was like an accomplishment. And so when I got back, I was like, what is stopping me from like asking that person out at the bar? What is stopping me from like wearing the thing that I want to wear? And what is stopping me from like doing the things I want to do when I just did something that was completely not crazy, but completely like out of my scope of my universe from what I thought I was ever going to be able to do? Like, oh, it's so funny (laughs) because... This is sort of tangential, but related. Do like it. whenever I come back from a trip that I've sort of really like in a city that I've loved or I've had some sort of experience that's really um, kind of resonated with me, I get back and I always want to like redesign my apartment and Every I want to like time. change my routine. <laughs> and I'm like, I'm going to like walk to this coffee shop in the morning before work now. And it's like, it's so funny, like sort of travel puts up this magnifying glass to your life and just sort of shows you the bits you like and the bits that you want to change. Yeah. Um, I think just adding on to that, like being even more specific as far as just like loving yourself more. I think that is like a phrase that's used pretty gen- like generally. And I feel like when we put that into action, like what does loving yourself more look like and what does that feel like? Um, I feel like it is just giving yourself a little more grace and showing up for yourself, like allowing yourself to not pick apart every decision that you've made and just being a little bit more forgiving of yourself. And I feel like when you travel, things happen, like you get lost and you go the wrong way or you book a, you know, a day trip and you didn't love it, but then you kind of just get into it anyway. And you, you find ways to, you know, be frustrated, but also give yourself that, that grace and that kind of allows us to grow. And so I think it's so easy for us to say like, oh, I'm learning to love myself a little bit more, but that is the message that I try to get out to people is like, you know, it's okay to change your mind also. Like maybe you thought you were going to go to this place and that day trip and you get there and, and you, maybe you don't love it or you're, something happened and you're feeling down and, you know, just giving yourself the grace to change your mind or different things like that. And I feel like those are the things that kind of make us walk away from a trip feeling like we've learned more about ourselves and kind of uh, like seen the strength in ourselves. I mean, I'd love to rewind it back and also get your answer to the question that we asked earlier, which is like, as you have traveled more in your life and now are full time, um, like how you see your relationship with your body changing. Yeah, I definitely think that with each kind of experience that I have, I see the relationship with my body changing because um, with different countries and different cold, like the more I learn about a culture, I can learn more about like the beauty standards in that culture. I feel like with every experience that you have, you kind of can walk away with it 
seeing things differently and kind of appreciating yourself more. And I think that specifically being able to travel and seeing the different beauty standards in different countries, it makes you a little bit more aware of, okay, well, this is just what these people think is beautiful, or this is what beauty is defined by to this culture or to these people. And you can kind of look at our own, you know, culture and standards of beauty and diet culture and all that stuff. You can be a little bit more objective in your own life in a way, because as you travel, you see that those things change and the standards are different in different countries. And Annette, you, obviously, you are a pro when it comes to planning and leading trips to different places around the world. Are there any specific types of trips that you think lend themselves to self-discovery and self-care more than others? I think that the first step always is like just getting yourself out of your comfort zone. For So for some people, that could mean like not even leaving the country. You know what I mean? Like maybe that could be, you know, someone from the East Coast taking a trip to the West Coast, to California. Maybe they're going to be challenged to like wear a bathing suit in public. Whereas maybe they grew up in a place where they don't necessarily have to get into a bathing suit and it's not the weather for that kind of stuff or for shorts or different things like that. And that is going to challenge them in a way. And in the end, hopefully, you know, help their self-esteem and help them become a little bit more confident in themselves because they're challenging themselves in a way that maybe they wouldn't challenge themselves at home. Um, And then there's also going out of the country and kind of especially being in a place where like no one speaks the language as you do and having to like navigate a completely different culture and and country without even speaking the language and, and kind of having to do that. But I would say generally, you know, whether that's leaving your town, leaving your state, leaving your country, um, getting out of your comfort zone is one of the things that is really going to challenge you and make you grow. Um, and so that's why it's important for me to do these trips. And I think that you know, I don't want to speak in a, in, a, in a way that's only like the only way you can learn about yourself and grow is if you're going to Italy or if you're going to Europe, because really, you know, as fat people, we're challenged just leaving our house every day, just going to the grocery store. You might be combated with, you know, fat phobia or someone treating you horribly because of your size. And you don't necessarily have to leave the country to do that, you know. And so those challenges are everywhere for us. Laura, have there been any particular, obviously we've talked about Paris, but (laughs) sort of particular types of trips that you've taken which you felt have kind of had that result? I had this really interesting October this past year where I... I left a previous job and then like immediately went upstate and um, spent three days upstate with like friends. And even though that wasn't like outside of the country, wasn't even outside of the state, it was like this really beautiful experience where I was like, you just need to come. You just need to slow down and you need to like read a book and you need to take in the scenery and understanding that like that was not going to be a space where I was going to have to worry about my body but it was also a time for me to like shut it all down and to like be quiet about it so it didn't have to consume every single moment of my life because it does consume every single moment of my life and then to just come back and be in my own routine like and not have it be weighted on me so much so that was like incredibly transformative and I didn't have to like leave the state like Annette said like the 
availability for like fat phobia day to day is rampant. Like the other day, someone just like called me fat in the street and I was like, okay, well I'm on like 23rd street and I'm just trying to go to Chacha Macha. I don't know what the issue is here. And it's like, that happens all the time. And, um, so when you leave the country, when you leave, when you do something that's different, like that fear like raises, but it's just sometimes really nice to like do something where you don't even have to worry about it and you can come back and just be like, this isn't a thing for me at all. It doesn't need to be a thing for me at all times. And I think when you guys are talking about um, like challenging yourself or when we're all talking about challenging yourself, I think that something that we've discussed recently that also kind of is a part of a story that you wrote about that trip upstate is that you can take like one step forward or two steps forward with a buddy or with like in a space that makes you also feel comfortable in the challenge because I know that the quiet was really hard for you um, upstate and you know we were talking to another woman who traveled contributor Candace Rainey about how she has tried really hard to travel on her own and she just doesn't enjoy it. So she's like, I still want to travel. I'm just going to make sure that I am putting myself out of my comfort zone with a friend because I actually genuinely enjoy that more than traveling by myself. So if you are trying to challenge yourself and you're like, oh, I like want to do this thing, but the way that everyone else is doing it is like not a way that I feel comfortable, like do it the way that you are going to enjoy yourself. Because, like, there's a difference between putting yourself out of your comfort zone and then, like, actually having a bad time. And I think people kind of talk so much about putting yourself out of your comfort zone. And ultimately, like, travel's supposed to be fun. Like, if you're not having a good time, then, like, why are you making yourself do it? Like, do something that works for you. Isn't that interesting? Like, we are constantly just okay with being uncomfortable in a way that's, like, not helpful. Like, as humans... And especially as women, it's like when you like really have to pee and then you just don't pee because you're working because you're working so hard. I know this is nothing to do with travel, but like I just think about this all the time where I'm just like when you just you're just like, I'm just going to finish this one email before I go use the bathroom or whatever it is. And you're just like used to it. And I'm like, is that fun? Well, no, no, this is such <laughs> it's this is such, such an interesting it's point. It's such a thing. Because there's been times when I've been like with my partner or, you know, with like good guy friends and we're hanging out and in the middle of something, they'll be like, I'm sorry, I like have to go pee. It's too much. And I'm like, I've been sitting here in agony for three hours. It never occurred to me that I should like make someone wait for me so I can go to the loo. Isn't that insane? (laughs) And I think about that, like in conjunction with travel where like, I really love to travel by myself. I think it's really fun. Um, But if I find myself doing something that I like, like short, there's, there's very much a difference between doing something that's out of your comfort zone that like allows you to grow and doing something out of your comfort zone that you like genuinely hate and like cannot do. It's like you have one life. Do you need to be pissed at like this one moment and like remember that you had to pee so bad? <laughs> and I think it goes back to what you were saying earlier, Annette, about giving yourself the grace to like change your mind, which is like if you don't like what you're doing, like exit that situation. And yeah. I think that's so true of travel. And I just that's like a big takeaway. <laughs> yeah. But I use the I use a bathroom reference. I agree. And I feel like there's not just like one way to travel. There's no like wrong way or right way to do it. You get to create your own kind of travel experience. So whether that be with a partner or with a friend or with a group or by yourself or a combination of all of those things, like I've been on the road for about five months, but part of that has been with a group of people. Part of it has been with like 
travel friends that I've made years ago that are meeting me in different places. And some of it is like new friends that I've met. And I recently met this female traveler, the solo female traveler. She decided to go down to Phuket. um, And I'm still here in Bangkok. And she messaged me on Instagram and is like, I'm kind of hating Phuket. You know, should I come back to Bangkok? Should Where should I go? Like her next plan was Chiang Mai. Um, and I told her maybe just she had planned to do like an island tour. I'm like, well, maybe try the island tour because maybe there's an island that you prefer over Phuket. You know, um, she started in Bangkok and I met her here and the second stop was Phuket and she kind of was kind of going to throw in the towel and be like, this just isn't for me. And now she's kind of like stuck on one of those islands. She's loving it down there. So, you know, she's just trying different things in her mind. She had like a certain schedule and a certain itinerary for herself and she switched that up a little bit and now she's enjoying it a lot more. And so sometimes it's like, you just have to give yourself permission to do something different. Um, And sometimes you have to give yourself permission to do the same thing, you know? Sort of like, you should try everything because you'll never know. But once you find out if you hate it, it's totally fine to quit it. Well, this feels like one of the most perfect places to wrap up today. Um, But I want to ask one more question, which is what female travelers would you recommend our listeners follow on Instagram? And I'm going to ask you, Annette, first. I have a list of like three female travelers that I'm obsessed with. Um, And the first one I would say is Onika the Traveler. I just learned so much from her daily. She's been in the travel game for years, probably over a decade at this point. And she's making so much great content with travel shows on Facebook and travel channel, and she's killing it. Uh, But she also kind of allows you to, you know, grow with her, like she just gave birth. And so she's talking about that and figuring out, you know, traveling with a newborn and all of that kind of stuff. And so I just think that she's so graceful. And I don't know, I feel like we all, people that follow her, we feel like we really get to know her because she kind of just always keeps it real, but in such a classy way and just gives you such a deep look into like what it is really like to be a content creator in the travel space as a black woman. But she's also like at the very, very top of her game where she, like I said, has TV shows and all these amazing things, but she's still totally relatable. So I love Onika. Um, and then I would also say Dr. Kiona from um, How Not to Travel Like a Basic Bitch. She is an incredible educator. She's constantly, you know, shedding light on different marginalized communities and teaching her audience different things about different communities. And she has a podcast now as well, where recently they were talking about like who can say that they're a local and like, you know what I mean? Just so many different things that challenges the way that you think and challenges the the way that you travel. And I feel like that's really important. We were talking about comfort. And I feel like sometimes, you know, especially with having that American passport and that passport privilege that we can get, you know, comfortable in the way that we travel and not really think about how that might affect the places that we're traveling to. Um, and then the last one I would say is a good friend of mine, a voyaging vagabond, Chantel. She um, just recently shared a story, but that is like the best thing about her is that like every post that she shares is like a look into her travels and like a whole story. And you kind of feel like you're right there with her. Like right now she's in Portugal and she was talking about how she went to this restaurant and like it was family owned. And by the end of it, she kind of felt like a part of the family. 
and I'm reading it like I'm a part of the family too, because like just the way that she tells the story. Um, and I think that those are, those are the things that I look for when I'm following someone is like, do I connect with them on a real level? Am I learning something from them? And are they like captivating me in a story that makes me feel like I'm traveling with them? Um, Laura, who have you got to share? Mm, okay. So I have two and I care about both these people very much. And one of them is my best friend, Erica Owen. <laughs> I know it's, I am a biased person, but I will say what I will give Erica credit for is that Erica never started as like a person who thought travel was going to be part of her life. Like, I think it was definitely part of her life in a sense that she did travel growing up, but it wasn't a thing that she thought she was going to focus on. And then as she like just kept writing, it was a thing that it just, you could tell that she cared so much about every little detail about where she traveled to the point where like she would look at like one dish and like think about this dish in like a beautiful way and then she'll put it on her Instagram. And I like love that about her. I think that she knows how to take the minute details and like understand like your connection to it and that's what I love. And then my I mean also I just love her and she's the best. And if you're going to Iceland you should just DM just DM Erica, Erica. and she'll send you her on itinerary. Dear dear goodness. Like it's <laughs> insane. And then my second one who isn't typically a travel writer blogger person, but it's someone who I found a lot of travel inspiration from, which is the fashion blogger Kelly Brown, who I love. And the reason why I say Kelly Brown is because Kelly uh, started as like a beauty fashion blogger, did a lot of Instagram, did a lot of like, and I, I, her Instagram handle is like, I think it's, it's me, Kelly B. And she also does the hashtag and I get dressed. And she was one of the first people who I saw for a really long time take these beautiful elaborate trips and to be like in the pool in a bikini as a plus size woman and it was like one of the first experiences I had with that and I was like this is someone that I genuinely like need to learn from and so I also like love when people are not like a typical travel blogger or whatever but they like jump into that space they can you can learn so much from them um so those are my two wrecks and they are very special to me so yeah I love Kelly B too. The Kelly best. B's awesome. The best. Every outfit is amazing. I was just like scrolling Killing through it. her feed yeah. and yeah, I would like to be in every photo that she did. Um, I will put the links to all of those accounts in the show notes. So if you want some travel inspo, definitely scroll down to be able to find those. And Annette, where can people follow you on Instagram and social media to keep up with your travels? So my personal platform is from Annette with love. Um, and my website, my personal blog is from Annette.com. And that's where you can go to just follow me with my personal travels. I talk about everything from like shopping to dating to just things I'm obsessed with to other marginalized communities, just kind of like everything me. And then the fat girls traveling platform basically um, amplifies and features other female fat travelers. Um, and that on Instagram is Fat Girls Traveling. We have a private Facebook community for fat girls only. Um, and that is also Fat Girls Traveling. And then we also have a blog called The Fat Girls Guide. Amazing. And Laura? You can follow me on Instagram at Hey with three Ys at the end because the one Y wasn't available. <laughs> <laughs> 
Um, and I do most of my travel work, like, or at least Instagram pieces, like, through there. And then if you just search my cool name, you can find all my cool writing, especially on my website, lauradelorada.com. And you have a newsletter as well. I do have a newsletter. It's on hiatus right now because, like, New Year, take a break for a month, you know? Um, <laughs> <laughs> like, just let yourself live. I do have a newsletter called 1-800-HEY-LAURA, and uh, you can subscribe to it at 1-800-HEY-LAURA.com, and it's about sex and body image and how those two connect to make you a more confident person. And every single edition, we just basically talk about, like, something cool and how you can, like, be an awesome version of yourself. Amazing. Um, we'll follow Women Who Travel on Instagram as well. And you can find new episodes of the podcast every Tuesday. Yes, I know this episode is coming out on a Wednesday, but every Tuesday. Um, and read all of our stories at womenwhotravel.com. We will talk to you next week. Hi, I'm Deborah Treisman, fiction editor of The New Yorker. Each week on the Writer's Voice podcast, New Yorker fiction writers read their newly published stories from the magazine. You can hear from authors like Colson Whitehead. Turner nudged Elwood, who had a look of horror on his face. They saw it. Griff wasn't going down. He was going to go for it, no matter what happened after. Or Joy Williams. Her father was silent. Slowly, he passed his hand over his hair. This usually meant that he was traveling to a place immune to her presence, a place that indeed contradicted her presence. She might as well go to lunch. Listen to new stories or dive into our archive of great fiction. You can find the work of your favorite fiction writers and discover new ones. Listen and follow The Writer's Voice wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Tanya Mosley. In 1987, my sister Anita vanished without a trace. Decades later, thanks to DNA, we found her. But that's only the beginning of the story. She Has a Name is a new audio documentary that explores the search for redemption, confronting trauma, and healing in the face of unimaginable loss. Subscribe now to Truth Be Told Presents She Has a Name, where every revelation brings us closer to the truth.